welcome back to the Young Hearts Run Free podcast and to episode 13 of season 2. Today's guest needs no introduction. Why is that, you may ask? Well, that's because she's been with us before and she had to come back because we couldn't fit in all our questions the last time round. There's a good chance that might happen again tonight, isn't there, John? 100%, yes. <laughs> Such is her breadth and experience in the world of running. Whether it's one mile or hundreds of miles, this lady does it with style and with a smile. It's a welcome back to the Young Hearts Run Free podcast to our favourite, Debbie martin Kinsani. Welcome back, Debbie. Hi, guys. Your favourite. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I um, Thank you so much for having me back. I obviously didn't offend you enough last time, so uh, <laughs> I feel you're throwing well. down the gauntlet. <laughs> you know what? Last time, last time, which was in December, and I've written it down, it was season two, episode four. Um, and I would recommend everybody go back and listen to that because we covered... We foolishly thought we would speak about loads of stuff, but we ended up speaking about the spine race and we spoke about Markathon. They were the sort mm-hmm. of two subjects that we covered. Um, we still have a list of about a dozen other items that we're, we're hoping to go through in the next week while, but we'll probably not touch near them either. But there's a few things we definitely want to speak about. Um, however, I want to just stay quite recent. And what I've noticed, first of all, is a wee sort of soft start is on your Instagram, you've been posting loads of pictures. I really miss Glasgow, right? You've been posting loads of pictures of Glasgow art and graffiti, and there seems to be a lot more of it. Mm-hmm. Or maybe maybe it's new through the last year. So do you want to speak a wee bit about that, about where it is? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's quite a lot of street art in uh, we'll call it street art not graffiti okay we'll call it what it is <laughs> and um yeah i mean there is a glasgow mural trail um which is a kind of walk around the city i think it's about four or five miles but you can take in quite a lot of street art but yeah in the last year there has been quite a boom in it but not some of the big murals and the walls and stuff they've been there for a few years but um I love Glasgow. I love the city centre and in lockdown when there's no people there, it's just, I've spent, I've ran so many miles in the city centre in the last year, um, which is considering I work in the city centre, you'd think I'd use it as an excuse not to go there, but it's probably the quietest place to be because the canals, the river paths and stuff are absolutely rammed. So the city centre is really quiet and I love all the street art. I love all the buildings. Um, Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'd never get bored of it. So, yeah, people on my Instagram are probably like, there she goes again with another <laughs> painting oh, on a wall. But I love oh, it. I, I, I mean, love just, it. You can just stare at it. And every time I see it, I see another little bit of detail, like a hand or an eye or something that I haven't picked up the first time. And uh, it's just amazing. You just stand back and you think, imagine having the talent to be able to do something like that. It's just... It's phenomenal. And it is a great, I mean, yeah, the last couple of years it's really taken off. And, you know, I think it's going to be a big tourist attraction as well. So obviously, you know, people come to Glasgow for the people, or the pubs, or the culture, or the buildings and the history. But now I think, um, um, you know, the street art is going to be a big a big tourist attraction, that's for sure. Uh, they're, no, they're no daft to yeah. you know. 
There's no daft no. images. No, I love I love Glasgow. I love it. I absolutely love it. Glasgow's your home city. Well, <laughs> it's a bit of a long one. So I was born. I was born in North Ayrshire, um, right. and uh, I moved uh, to Bahrain and Dubai when I was like only a few months old. So I was brought up in Dubai, um, and I came back when I was eighteen to go to uni. Um, I, I've been in Glasgow for well over twenty years now. Do so you consider it your? I yep. do, I do, but it's right. not where my roots are. But now, uh, I, yeah, it's definitely my hometown. So Glasgow gal. This could be good. The Dubai Bahrain thing could be good when we come to the local dialect word. You could do, you could score <laughs> with that. Yeah, is that how you're good with the heat training? Then I was a wee joke. <laughs> yeah, joking. About that, right? um, what I was also going to say the first time I mentioned that I'm going to call it street art now. First time I mentioned that was you said there was a big thing around about the Clutha Bar. All the yes. people that had Alex Harvey, Billy Conley, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then, but I've noticed that I used to do quite a bit of work. No, never, never worked. I used to visit Glasgow City Council in John Street, and there's a, a couple of big murals there. And then round yeah. about sort of Candle Riggs area, there was loads. But you obviously know your way about Glasgow much better than I do. And some of the some of the art is absolutely phenomenal. Now, yeah. Debbie, please forgive me. But I want to get this out the road. I've not been to Glasgow for, since March last year, but I know that Stephen was there last weekend, right? So let, let's let's just give him thirty seconds, right? Out of this, Stephen, you've got thirty seconds. Now is your time. Okay, I've got thirty seconds. Go. I was at Hamden Park, Glasgow, last Sunday for the the Scottish League Cup final between St Johnston and Livingston, which was a marvellous day out. I am lucky and privileged enough to be able to get to football matches just now because I'm my capacity with St Johnston as the commentator on the ah. football matches. So I was sat there with Stuart Cosgrove, a local Perth lad who's went on to great things in the broadcasting world, doing the commentary with Stuart on the final so that the fans tuning in from around the world could keep up with the action so that's that was a delightful sunday afternoon out in glasgow for me i didn't see much graffiti or sorry street art because it was <laughs> i was preoccupied with celebrations because st johnston were victorious so yeah so that was I mean, enough, John. yeah i mean all of that was completely lost on me but i appreciate yeah. your enthusiasm the elephant's out the room john thank you that's it thank you very much for that we can focus now on running matters do you base some of your running routes just to you know tick off them or does it just happen organically yeah i mean they're all quite close together it's not like it's a massive Aye. 10 mile route i mean a lot of them around the city center there's a lot now out towards Partick because there's a um a workyard out in Partick where a lot of the street artists work out of now. Yeah. And there's actually um they're gonna build well not build, create a trail that's gonna go from Partick and Govan over the next couple of years. So uh, yeah, that's quite exciting. But you know, obviously when I'm running around and uh you know I'm commuting, so a lot of the time I get to see the street artists actually working. So the ones that are on the arches down in Partick, there's a big, big row of them. I got to see all the guys over months doing that, and it was just amazing seeing them working. I think the fact, you're, as you said earlier, Debbie, that the, the streets are quite deserted, that, that adds to the picture. Yeah, absolutely. And I noticed one the other day, and there was a couple of Tunnock's tea cakes in it. That, you know, Tunnock's tits. 
<laughs> get drawn right to the tea cakes. <laughs> because they were tea cakes. Right, okay. Obviously. We'll Not because they were covering her breasts. Oh, no, 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 I know. Okay. That's fantastic because John had said, let's mention Tunnix so that we can give them a shout out. Absolutely seamless. I've been doing a bit of listening to other podcasts that you were on and you mentioned on another podcast that you have signed up to take part in the monument mile right oh my goodness yeah last time last time we were together and we all spoke together it was days before the the spine was going to be taking place that unfortunately yes. got pulled again yeah um, and i heard listening to that podcast that you had signed up to do this monument mile so can, yeah. can you tell us a bit about that uh, it was a temporary lapse of concentration. <laughs> um, uh, some of my uh, club mates did it last year and it looked interesting, stroke awful. Um, I've never done a mile race and if you're going to do it, you do it in race conditions and uh, on a track probably. Um, I haven't done anything about it so please don't ask me if I've been training for it because I really, really haven't. <laughs> Um, but yeah, do you know what? I, I will get my arse and gear and I'll try to do some speed stuff and I will give it my best shot. It's in uh, May. So mm-hmm. it excites and terrifies me in equal measure. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I, I don't have a lot of raw basic speed, so it's not going to be easy to me. So, uh, so what, what's the concept of the day then? How many, because I noticed, I had a look at it today, not that I was intending to enter it, but it's down to a waiting list. Now. Yeah. Um, but what's the concept of the day? And how many people have signed up? How many is it? I, I think there's a few hundred, and they put people in in races according to your predicted time. So I'm not going to, hopefully, not going to be in races with people like sub four and, and then uh, they've lapped <laughs> me on the second lap. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, I think it's just in. Uh, Heat, not heats, but races according to your predicted times. So I, I very much expect to be right there at the bottom. So uh, are you are you going to divulge your predicted time? No. Okay. Far <laughs> 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 too sharp for us, Stephen. That'll be a fun though. Um, I don't know yet. I don't. What know. is your I mean, short? Sorry, I was going to say, what, what is the shortest distance that you've ran so far? Is it a 5K? Oh, I did the, uh, no, I did the 3K in the green. I don't know if you've ever been along to that. So there's a, a 3K race in Glasgow Green that's run every last Friday of the month. Um, you know, it's an official UK athletics. You get your official 3K time. You go along, you pay £2 for charity. You get a bib um, and you uh, do that. So I've done that a couple of times. It's truly awful. It's horrific. That's like the closest you've ever I've ever been to totally collapsing at the end or something. Um, but yeah, that's the shortest I've ever done. And then obviously some park runs and five Ks, which I do think like five K is the hardest. But um, yeah, be interesting. Just do something different, right? So Aye, and we're all we're all we're all wanting just to run and do an yeah. event, don't we? You know? So with that is that a Sterling Uni? Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's out there somewhere. It's a long way from Glasgow to run a mile. We'll <laughs> be keeping a close eye on that one. Friday the twenty first of May. 
goodness, there you we go. Can, we, we can ask our listeners what's Debbie's predicted finishing time. That can be our competition. One a young heart, one three mug. People will be like DNN, DNN. That could be our next Twitter poll, Stephen. We can. Oh, no, 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 do not do that. Sub four minutes, sub five minutes, sub six minutes, or sub ten minutes. Yeah, I haven't even checked my work schedule yet. I better make sure I can actually go. <laughs> so, see, see, you mentioned the three K on the green. Is mm-hmm. that a case of you just go and empty the tank, just go and leather it? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. It's good. It keeps you honest. Aye, definitely, definitely. Another subject. Now, I've just got, I've got myself a wee tick list here, right? So I'm just going to. I should have actually read your email. You should have read that email. It was very (laughs) important. Uh, Aye. So, no, another thing, very important as well. Um, A great thing that happened last year, and there's there's a number of sort of inroads to this. But the most obvious one is to speak about Dan Lawson mm-hmm. and his Le Jog. And I know you were part of that. You were chumming Dan along. Oh, well, but, for one day, so. Ah, but hey, it's all part of it. And I, I've, I've done, I've watched the, uh, what's the film called? No Broken, that's how uh, Breaking Breaking Nine? Breaking Nine, Breaking Ten, something like that. Breaking, breaking yeah. Ten, I think. Breaking Ten, ten day, yeah. Ten Days. And it's, absolutely phenomenal and Dan's obviously the main man that can go yeah. and churn out these amazing distances but can you you see you're with him for one day can you can you tell us about your day with Dan yeah um I ran uh, 30 miles from Pit Lockery to where's the where's the distillery you guys will know this Have you guys will know this better than me um, yeah, so I ran uh, 30 miles inside the white line on the A9 with uh, Dan and uh, my friend Eddie. So we were we were basically there to try and keep him safe. That's it. So we were basically there just to kind of keep him safe, safety in numbers, because obviously you're just running along the A9 with traffic flying by you at 70 miles an hour. Um, to be fair, most drivers were really courteous and absolutely fine. There was a couple of people that obviously were quite upset at the prospect of being greeted to three runners on uh, on the road um but it was do you know what just to see it firsthand it's hard to put into words um you know everyone knows that Dan's in a league of his own <laughs> he's a very special guy um but just to see firsthand how committed he is and uh, you know it was it was a really warm day and the temperatures he had the first couple of days down south they were like low 30s they were roasting days so um yeah i mean it was a it was still a really warm day in scotland um but just to see it firsthand how committed and dedicated he was to his um to his goals you know like if you stop to fill up a bottle and he just kept pushing on it would take a mile to catch him you know and he was going you know just everything that you ran every single hill he just churned out he didn't moan once I was moaning like a bitch to Eddie because I was like, <laughs> this is excruciating. And, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he's not a negative word came out of his mouth. It was just like, his crew were amazing. It was it was really good to see something like that firsthand. It was, uh, he's just one of these good guys, you know? Yeah. It, he's just, absolutely wired to the moon. He's, he's just, just, ah, but he's just all about love and peace, you know? Oh, he surely is. 
He is absolutely brilliant. And I know when he when he came through Perth or when he came from Edinburgh actually, there was a hellish night of weather. Like it yeah, was almost really like storming. Mm-hmm. Almost like floods. But it was that humid way as well. You know, and I've seen I've seen images and video of him. He's just running with just a hive as top briefly and then that sort of gets tucked in the back of his shorts and he's just He's just off again. And what I would say is to anybody who hasn't watched that film yet, go and watch it. Um, yeah, it's amazing. It's ab- absolutely brilliant. But I just wanted, that was one of the things I wanted to speak to you about last time. Because also, no, James Stewart did a, a shift with uh, Dan as well. And I think a lot of the Scottish people sort of answered the call, if you like. Wow, he drowned, didn't he? Aye, and to make yeah, that Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. and I know you had Robbie Britton with him on a bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well and has that, is that the first time you've ran in these sort of conditions by that I mean inside that white line have you ever done that sort of thing uh, no I, I ran with him the year before as well when um, he did the attempt from John O'Groats to Land's End so yeah. I ran with him just over the border so I did about just shy of 30 miles that time as well so I kind of knew you know how committed he is any but i ran with dan on the uh, gb24 hour team as well so i have seen him in action quite a few times um but yeah i ran with him the year before um unfortunately he didn't make it to the end that time because he's i think his shins just basically exploded um so i knew when he was coming up to scotland i, I knew i was definitely gonna go out and join him for a day you know i think he never done it the first time because it was destined to be even better when he did Land's End to John O'Groats. I, I, I honestly, I think, and I think Dan's that kind of guy that destiny just follows him. He's just a good guy and good things will happen to him, you know. However, you've given us a great segue into the track running. Oh, oh my God. It's Although it's not a track run. It's, no, the 24-hour run. 24-hour yeah. run. Yeah, it's not <laughs> yeah. a track run. Sorry. You corrected me the first time on that. <laughs> Tell us about that. How do you get into that sort of thing, and how do you prepare for it? What's it like? Uh, oh my goodness! Um, I kind of just fell into it by default. Um, I think um, uh, back around uh, about twenty eleven, I think it was. We're going back some years now. Um, I was doing like the West Highland Way and the Flying, and uh, Adrian Stott was. Um, the person that put me forward to run for the Scotland 100k team, which I'd never done loops before. Um, obviously, the selection process is a little more thorough rather than based on form on trails now. Um, so I ran on the uh, 100k team and then I was lucky enough to be selected for the Scotland 24-hour team for the uh, Commonwealth Ultra and Chill Championships that was in North Wales. Um, it's the last event that ever happened. So um, of that nature where we had a Scotland 24-hour team um, so I ran the 24-hour there and I qualified to run for the GB team which was never on my radar I didn't even know what the GB qualifier was um, until the team manager from the GB team approached me the day after and said that I'd made the team and I had no idea because it never ever crossed my mind that I'd ever run for the GB team so um, I ran uh, for five five years on the Great Britain 24-hour team, which was an amazing experience. It was phenomenal. It was such a great team, such a great buzz. And, um, yeah, 
Five it's... years in a row, Debbie. Pretty much, I think so, yeah. I yeah. think there were five events on the bounce. That's phenomenal. So, is there, an, is there an, an annual event then? Is that what it is? Is yeah, that the focus? Yeah, the, they had the World Championships every year. And then I think they've changed it now so it's every two years and then it rotates to... Once one year it's the worlds and then the next year it's the European, but that's only changed recently in the last few years. And obviously with the pandemic, everything's just gone a bit. Aye. But so uh, I'm not quite sure what the format is now. But I ran in uh, four world championships and one European, I think. So um, whereas the um, European Championships used to be within the World Championships. So, um, but yeah, it was it was great. It was a really special. Uh, time of my life been able to do that so and, and you have been running alongside some running royalty I suppose at these types such as the um, global field yeah absolutely so we had uh, we had Lizzie Hawker and our team um, oh, wow which was quite amazing like we had to hide her the day before because the press were just like Everyone was trying to hound her and get pictures of her, and she's quite a timid wee person. She's not, she's not uh, out there and confident uh-huh. and stuff. So I think it was just adding to her stress. So, but she's lovely, and it was great to have her on the team. It was quite, quite a, a strange moment lining up in a GB, a GB kit with Lizzie Hawker, who uh, it will always be one of the icons of the sport. I always think. For those who. I'm going to plug her book. For those who haven't read Lizzie's book, Runner, it's a phenomenal read. I, it's one of, I normally read books in my bed and I'll fall asleep after two or three pages. I think I read Lizzie's in two goes. It was absolutely wow, okay. enthralling. She just brilliant. Does she live, is it Nepal or something she lives in? I think she lives in Zermatt, but that might have changed. I'm sure she lives in Switzerland. But that might have changed. Right. I'm not really sure. But yeah, she's just like, she just loves it. She just does it for the love of running and the love of nature and just being out by herself. And she just runs for all the right reasons. It just, she was quite lucky that she was quite good at it. You've but got yeah, some she's all... great pals, eh? <laughs> 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 I know that? when we, we had Grant McDonald on, um, Debbie, I don't know if you managed to catch his podcast. I did really, actually listen to it. It was really good and we really enjoyed that. And he spoke about him being a bit starstruck. At, um, the, was it the G, Was it Team GB24 that he ran in? In France? France oh, right? yes, yes, he did. He did, yeah. yes, yeah. that's right. And, and I'll and, be. And being a bit starstruck by Courtney DeWalter and stuff like that. Oh, really yeah, I did, I did listen to that, yeah. <laughs> so where where has the these events taken place then, Debbie? Where has the GB team taken you? Oh, well, you know, I've been to Poland and Italy and France and Holland. I mean, this sounds all really nice, but these 24 hours take place in the arse of the world. It's like a place in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so it's not like I'm like, oh, they're just doing a little 24 hour in the middle of Paris somewhere. Uh, it's these places that are like, like bollards and around a sports field or something. Yeah, 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 right in the... Um, oh, I was going to say, yeah. came out in the middle of the night and stuff. But, uh, yeah. And is there a... To do that for five years on the bounce, I mean, how do you 
is that your main focus? Do you do nothing else? Or were you no. doing events and amongst that? Or? Yeah, I was still doing a lot of events as well. But obviously the focus or the accumulation of the events was um, specifically for the 24-hour race. So, um, yeah, so I was doing a lot of things as well. But that was more, a lot of training. Yeah, the 24-hour race was always the key race. So. Mm-hmm. What's your, yeah. what your favourite ever thing you've done? event running event oh my goodness do you want to ponder that for a bit was it my favorite as in enjoying it or my favorite as in like performance well one of each if you like Uh, i would say the lakeland race like i did the i've done the lakeland 100 a couple of times and i've done lakeland 50 uh-huh. Um, Lakeland 50 was probably one of my favourite races because, you know, it went well. You know, when races go well, they become your favourite. When right. races don't go well, they're not. Like, I did Stirling Marathon one year and it was just, I had the worst race ever. And therefore, in my head, it was just an absolute shit event. <laughs> <laughs> Is that when I met you, Debbie? I was pulled up going up and down the subway. Oh, yeah. With a hamstring cramp, and 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 you you must have finished in around about three twenty something. I'm guessing. No, I wasn't as fast as that. It was no. like three thirty something. Right. I think it was right. And I yeah, I think it was the route. I share your opinion. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, I just really kaboomed at mile seventeen, and uh, I just I did all the things that you shouldn't do, and it was just a long way in to finish. And uh, that's all I just think about now. So it's, it's nothing to do with the fact that I just didn't prepare or race properly. It's just because obviously it's clearly a shite event. <laughs> it's someone else's fault. John asked you to speak about your best and your favourites, and we I just bet. went jumped in. All right. But I've also, but while we're here, we'll come back to the best. This is good because there's two there's two things I want to ma- mention here. We've just uh, we're just past the point in the podcast where Stevens ran the same race as somebody else because that happens every single episode, right? I thought right. I thought it wasn't going to happen tonight, but there you go. Stevens ran the same race as David. I remember. I didn't realise it was Stephen that I passed until maybe a year later when I was at. We're at the what was that marathon called? The Strathairn, Strathairn one, and he said he passed. And I remembered the moment, but I didn't make the connection. Aye. So obviously, Stephen was brought, had a problem with his calf or something. And as I passed, I was like, "You're right, pal." And he's like, "Oh, I'm fine." And it was just like I didn't realize that it was. But yeah. he was he, in his head. He's thinking, "Oh, she's really kind and really thoughtful, <laughs> how I am." But really, at that point, I felt so awful that anyone who looked worse than me, I was literally taking all their energy. <laughs> so it was like kind of Goggins thing, taking souls. He was like, oh, she's so nice asking how I was. But really, I was like, yes, someone comes worse than me. So I feel like I should just get that off my chest that, right now. That's okay. Well, and you're full also- well. Totally understandable as well. It's the type of shit I'd be. Exactly. I'm sorry about that. My, my, other, okay. my other observation from that exchange was that, Debbie, do you ever read your own blogs? Because most of the blogs you say, I just did everything wrong. I got everything wrong. I never did this. I never did that. Now, what happens then? Do you just go and just go for it? Whatever you are. 
Because I no, I'm, I'm, no, never. Because I'm thinking back. Now to I that. feel like I should go back and read my blog. I sound like <laughs> I a whiner. I'll take you a while. Oh my goodness! I, I know. Because I was, I was looking at the the Tour de France one. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> I think I did everything <laughs> wrong in that. That's why I've been a league of its own that one. Um, yeah, but, no, I don't go for it at all. I'm always very conservative at the start. Um, right. I think one of my probably my best race. Um, abilities is to pace them properly so there's very few races that I have um, gone off too fast actually when I uh, won the North Downs Way race I was leading from about four miles and I was freaking out because I'm just not used to doing that I prefer like overtaking people who are bursting the side of roads and uh, uh-huh. pretending I'm nice <laughs> <laughs> okay. now you mentioned Lakeland 50 Everything yeah. went well. John, I'm what, away. What, what made the Lakeland 50 go so well? Uh, I don't know. It's just one of those days when the stars align, right? Um, uh, it was just nice. I think uh, training for it went up, was really well. I paced it quite well, started in my own little zone and then just kind of worked away, my way through the field. So... Um, yeah, it was just one of those ones where I just felt really, I mean, don't get me wrong, I had some low points as well. You can't run 50 miles and feel amazing the whole way. I had some awful cramp in the last um, maybe 10 miles. Um, that was just, I let myself get too dehydrated. And I think just the intensity, which you run 50 miles, is not something that I'm really used to. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, the dehydration and the the intensity of the pace that I was running that really kind of, Gave me some cramps, but it didn't really bother me that much. Um, but yeah, it was just uh, you guys are doing Lakeland this year, aren't you? Yeah, we're debuting this year, yes. It's, uh, <laughs> it's amazing, it's just everything about it. Um, I have been part of the race now since 2000, my first Lakeland 100 in 2013, and I've been there every year since. Uh, I've volunteered. Um, for the last few years at a checkpoint in Boot with the Petzl guys um, so it's just I love being a part of it it's so much oh, fun yeah. you guys will love it it's uh, like no other event you've been to it's amazing it's the only sort of biggie that I'm in this year I've not got yeah. anything else lined up at all so it's the it's the big one it's the one I'm really and I hope it happens but if it doesn't you know what if it gets deferred another year then well that's, do you know what this it looks like it yeah. so yeah. so yeah, yeah like, who knows fingers oh, crossed better up your training oh no I I'm on I'm I'm doing absolutely dandy I'm where I need to be absolutely where I need to be right now so um cockani is the term I use Cockani. Cockani. Well, I'm doing the hundred, so. Uh... Are you? Uh-huh. Oh, you'll probably still lap me. Anyway, can you? <laughs> can, can First I, of all, I... John, you best look at the course because that's impossible. <laughs> that'll, happen, that'll happen to be called the event. Um, can I ask though? Because I, I love the fact that that was one of your favourites. But yeah. can you speak about? The last five miles or ten miles of that, were you were you winning? Were you in the we in first place at ten miles to go? Uh, for the Lakeland one hundred. No, for the fifty. Oh, for the fifty, I didn't win the fifty. I was second. Yeah, so that's kind of ruined your question. But oh, I did well, win the. Right. I have I have won the Lakeland one hundred. 
Right, let's talk about that and then. Uh, sorry, oh, sorry. Can we? Can I, do, you know who, do you know who was second? No. Beth Pascal. Oh, oh there's right. a feather in your cap. So yeah. Beth, Beth, Beth Pascal wants a comeback. Give us a phone. We'll get we you just, on and we'll talk. I, I feel like, you know, full disclosure, she was a wee bit wet behind the ears then. And obviously she has gone on to amazing world-class standard running. Debbie, no mercy, right? No mercy. You were fucked, <laughs> right? So, but I'm, I'm also intrigued as well. You said the Lakeland 50 was one of your favourite races, uh-huh. right? Because everything went well. So let's talk about that. Um, and I, I'm not being detrimental to Beth at all because she much respect to her. She's a phenomenal runner. But I, I just, I'm really intrigued to know what it's like running that last 10 or 5 miles in that type of event. Would you... How were you feeling mentally, physically? You know what, I think regardless of how you run it, in the last five miles or the last, the latter stages of any race, uh-huh. you know, I always think like you program your brain. So your brain programs your legs to give you what you need. So if you go out the door saying, I'm going to run 10 miles, at the end of 10 miles, you're done. Mm, but yeah. if you go out to run 20 miles, at 10 miles, you feel fine. Yeah. So I think regardless of what the distance is in the latter stage of any race, you're just whether it's a 10k or a marathon or a hundred miles you're always going to feel you know uh, you know you're you're really just about to be wrung out and that's it and you're just hanging on so I think any race regardless of how you attack it or how you approach it or how it's going you're always going to feel that way in the latter stages where it's just you know you're ready for this to be done now um I completely share that opinion with you, Debbie. And I've often pondered that, you know, I'll go out for a 5K and if I'm, you know, hammering it, the last half kilometre will be, you know, I can feel myself hanging, so to speak. Hanging. Yeah. But I also wonder what the calculation is. So at a marathon, I tend to find that, you know, it's around about 21, 22 miles. Yeah. You know, and and the, as the distance goes up, so at 100 miles, is it 90 miles? You get that feeling. You know no, I, mean? I always find like 100 miles, I kind of like, uh, I'll give you an example, I did the South Downs Way 100 uh-huh. and it was quite a humid day and from about 35 miles to 50 miles I was done. I just got so dehydrated, didn't pick up enough water at one of the checkpoints, went through marathon distance like eyeballs hanging out type dehydrated and so from about 35 to 50 miles I really, really struggled. But in the last 10 miles of the race, I felt like I was on fire. And I don't know, it's just kind of, it's really difficult in a 100 miles because you do, whereas a marathon, you just go out and you've just got to run at an intensity and just hang on in there. That's just a marathon. It's pretty much hard from, and that's why it's such a difficult, the marathon distance is such a difficult format because you need to get everything right. You know, Mm -hmm. if one thing goes wrong, that's it. You'll just start start to unravel. So if you don't get your dehydration or your hydration or, you know, your taper, right, everything just unravels. Whereas 100 miles, you've got so many opportunities to write things that have gone wrong. So it depends where you peak and trough, really. Uh, It's unrealistic to think you're going to run 100 miles and it's going to be like a picnic and the best day out ever. You know, so... That's a great tip, I I think what you've just said there over the last minute or so is, is, is a great psychological tip 
yeah. as much as anything. Preparing your mind, you know, a marathon. If you're going for a marathon PB, it is, although it's 26 miles, and for some people that sounds ridiculous, it is 26 miles at that intensity mm-hmm. that you speak about. Whereas at a 100 mile race, there's a lot of stages. Is that fair to say? There's yeah. Different, you know, oh, absolutely. Um, and you, you know, you go through different stages of the day as well, and it's like your body is not used to running at night, and you've got things like things like that to deal with. But I always know, like a hundred miles, things are going to not go wrong, but you're definitely going to have low points. And experience has taught me so many times that you can pull yourself out, so you can be feeling like utter crap and uh-huh. what I throw in the towel, and then. An hour down the road, you could be having the best day ever, you know, and it could just be something like taking proper fuel or switching up to music or, you know, going on a section that you like. It's just the, whereas in a marathon, if you start to unravel, there's just, there's no hope. (laughs) It's just gone, isn't it? There's no almost enough time to change the direction. No, and it's not like you can, do, well, you can slow down and stuff like that and then fix what you need to fix, but then your target's out the window, whereas it doesn't have that impact when you're running 100 miles. So if you have to slow down a couple of minute miles for a few miles, you'll gain that back in the latter stages when you're feeling a bit better. So and it's not like you can slow down the marathon and then just go, oh, well, I'll just pick it up and on fives for the last 10 miles. It just doesn't work that way, so... Um, that I suppose the marathon is really unforgiving that way whereas 100 miles you've got a lot of time to sort things out I'm doing London this year are you? well it's a carry over from last year so is that in October? October yes yeah, so have you about, done London before? yeah I've done it with John we're going to speak about that one time on a podcast because that was a <laughs> very spectacular experience but wow. that's for another day and uh, that there's a there's a, a teaser for you because it's it's a brilliant story. But um, yeah, I'm I'm doing it this year without John. <laughs> we a caravan. Oh, that's the story. Spy up there. <laughs> oh dear, I've done London uh, five times. It's uh, it's great. I love it. It's yeah. You have to do well. Obviously, you guys know that it's just one of those things you have to do to experience it. It's. Yeah. Um, I did Manchester last year, not last year, we just missed that year, so let's just say it's last year, Um, and that was absolutely brilliant. Uh, It's got all the best things about London, but on a more tamer, reasonable level, so yeah, I loved it. It's reasonably flat as well, Manchester, is that right? Yeah, but then so is London. (laughs) Yeah, aye, it, yeah. Is, it is, but I just remember, it was Manchester that was short one year, not the year you did it, and there was loads of people got PBs, and then it got it, Was that, Man- I think it was Manchester, and there was a half, because obviously Glasgow half was the same, wasn't yeah. it? Oh, that must so, be uh, yeah, I think Manchester was the one um, that but they had were- to you flew around Manchester, I remember it, you had the, the, the Nike Zooms on, or the, the vapor fly. Yeah, I loved it. Um, I uh, yeah, I uh, loved Manchester. It was amazing. But I think because I trained specifically for it, because um, I did U- UTMB the year before, and um, I just felt rubbish and really flat. So when I finished UTMB, I was like, right, I need to go back to, I need to go back to basics here because I've just spent too long. Um, hiking up and down hills and 
eating sandwiches and walking, you know, running. So I just felt like I just needed to kick up the arse. And it was, so when I finished that, I was like, that's it. I'm going to train for a marathon now, right. as you do. And I think you, you mentioned a word there, and it's one that James Stewart mentions too, it's specif specificity. And you, 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 How'd you, you say train. it? All right, that ain't. You train specifically for that distance and that's yeah. your focus. And yeah. I think already I'm thinking here, there's going to be a part three or a part two B to this, right? Because UTMB and Tour de Gions, we kind of just let that go because these are phenomenal races and it would be great to hear about them. But we need, you've mentioned a couple of things I want to focus on first. And it was a name you mentioned, Beth Pascal, right? Mm -hmm. Last time we were all in the presence of Beth Pascal, we'd have been on the North Inch in Perth, where you were the coach. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, not the coach, I was a team manager. Team team manager. Yeah, sorry. Get yeah. my get my titles wrong. Yeah, team manager. <laughs> I don't want and, to feel like I was I was responsible for their uh, for their greatness. So I was just uh, yeah, I was just I was a team manager for the day. So there was some awesome Beth wasn't running. Beth was there running as Beth Pascal. She wasn't part of a team. No, but, she did the fifty K, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um like like a metronome. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. But there were some also great performances as well from the I'm going to speak about the Scottish contingent that day. They were absolutely brilliant. Phenomenal. Yeah, we got five out of six medals. Aye, it was really, really good. But what was your experience? Because it's a bit different, isn't it? When you're no actually doing the laps of the inch, what's it like? Because you, you must be up to high dough, you know? Yeah, I mean, do you know what? They're all, they're all elite runners. They're all super talented. They've all trained. They all deserve to be there. They're, you know, they're highly motivated. They're highly committed. So it's not like, you know, you're coaching kids and stuff. It's, um, so, uh, it, you know, it was easy for me because I had such a great team. Um, but it, it was good. It was great. It's just keeping everyone on or together and on track. And, you know, when time starts to slip or their head starts to go, it's just keeping them focused. Um, Sharon was there and she was doing all the stats for me. Um, Sharon's actually a qualified math teacher, although people don't actually believe it because she's a bit of a loony. But she's an absolute whiz with numbers. Um, so she had all the spreadsheets, all the formulas. So there was, you know, some of the guys were thinking they were losing time and Sharon would just give me a note and she'd be like, if he stays at this pace, he will run this time. And just giving that information to people, it would just like it really perked them up because they had the stats. Because you just think, well, I'm slowing down, therefore it's crap and I'm not going to get it. What's the point? Blah, blah, blah. So just little things like that. Um, you know, people start to struggle in the latter stages and just keeping them focused and motivated. And, you know, they were a great team. They all worked together, which mm -hmm. was um i think in a race like that it's so easy for people to go out and i just think it's like doggy dog um but in a team structure like that i mean they were all racing for individual medals and their own individual times but they really gelled together as a team um so it was it was it was an amazing day it was and to be in scotland as well and have people out like, supporting them so 
um yeah it was great it was a shame that obviously it hasn't gone ahead yet but um i sense but i think there's plans for another one this year so i really hope i can get involved in it so um it was a it was a great experience it was great um we love the format and we love the fact that us mortals can run alongside the, the these elite guys and it's so we know how the community is so close anyway that you don't feel do you know out of place um, yeah, you do feel out of place of course you do but they are also encouraging you and mm. and it's just amazing i love just watching their race management just yeah as, as they're running past me um and and that includes marco as well and that because i know that he was there last time because he was doing laps the other way around just as a training run he was doing <laughs> i was like that what are you doing you're, doing, <laughs> you're taking my um you know my, my wind flow and you're <laughs> <laughs> not really but the, the previous time that john and i did it in 20 would it been 16 yeah because it's every three years eh? um marco was running it yeah uh, as part of the team as well and 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 just the words of encouragement as they're drifting past (laughs) just to say no keep it going and just these wee things it meant so much and it's it's a lovely format i must say it is great it is great and it is so friendly and like yourself like you say the open race is just as important as the um the championship race as Uh well so Mm-hmm. If anything, it just it makes it that m- bit more because otherwise you'd just be out there by yourself. So, um, yeah, I was, it's great. I was quite, I was quite lucky, and I stood most of the day that day with Beth's partner, who was there. Matt. Yeah, I was chatting along with Matt. He's a lovely guy as well. And but I kept looking over to the tents with the Scottish, uh, Irish, and uh, English tents. I was like, I'd love to know what's happening in there because I'm. <laughs> I'm a right nosy bugger, eh? So I should just come over, John. Bring some uh, pies. Bring some of those chips. <laughs> if, you bring, if you bring chips and pips, Max, I'll let you in the tent. That's all you need. Sorted, sorted. He's talking, him, he's talking himself into a role with the next team. Some sort of, some sort of court <laughs> jester. He's, he's a joker. He's a joker. Anyway. <laughs> but see, the, um, see, when you're talking there about the, the mathematician, and doing all these sort of calculations. It also gets me, well, spoke, Stephen and I have spoke loads of times about people having low points in races. And you, you, you mentioned yourself earlier about the 100 miles and the peaks and the troughs. But I think it's a different thing when you notice that in somebody else and how you encourage them. And to, deal, to be dealing with more than one or two people who are having these emotional physical battles you know it's just i find it absolutely fascinating how we get how human beings can perform at that level at that intensity i just think it's brilliant you know and i just wonder at the end of the day end of that day are you tired Uh, i feel a bit wrung out but i was just I don't know. It's hard to describe. Um, I don't feel physically tired. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, but to be fair, I, we we did have quite a good run at it, so um, there wasn't a whole lot of problems that we had to deal with. You are running about quite a lot, but everyone had their own crew. Um, yeah, I think uh, I did feel a bit wrung out, but um, yeah, it was Going great. A Scottish word that I like, wabbit. That's not that a Scottish word. Wabbit. <laughs> what is it then? What does wabbit mean? 
that exactly what you've just said. Kind of oh, just yeah. a wee bit of mentally drained and, and you know, <laughs> no, no physically, you're just a bit, oh, God, that, that's what I've seen the morning. <laughs> See at five or six o'clock in the morning. There was only the there was only the team and the the coach and the manager and me hanging about the north end because I get that excited I can't sleep. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I'm doing there. I absolutely love it. But it's a long day, is what I'm trying to say. And it is a long day, you're right. It is. Yeah. It is it's a long day. It is a long it is a long shift. But I think uh, you know, I've cruised at like twenty four hour races and stuff like that. That is a shift. Um, so yeah, I think when you put things into perspective, um, you know, with a twenty, with a hundred k race, everything's really fast moving. I mean, these guys are, you know, they're it's like a marathon effort, but three times. That's how I see a hundred k. So they are running right on their edge. So mm. it's not like you're making them chicken soup and stuff. It's gels and juice and yeah, yeah. Wiping their tears and aye, brilliant. And what I would say is, for anybody, it, it, ha- it just so happens that it happens in Perth. I think it's because it's the North Inch and it's got that sort of environment, that park where people can do that sort of distance. But if anything's happening like that anywhere near you, get along and just suck it in. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. Okay, um, I've got. Loads of things I'm ticking off my list. On you go, Stephen. On you go. Do you know what? I've got a question, and it was more because of some feedback that we got the last time, and and I'm interested as well. But what have you got on your feet just now? Not right now, but (laughs) (laughs) do your baffies or your. your, I've actually uh, got my pajamas, and I've just got a hoodie on top. I've got my pajamas, my slippers, and a hoodie on. <laughs> on, and then t- tomorrow morning when the alarm goes off and you're going out <clears throat> and you're lacing up for a road run. Or... I wear. Uh, see, I'm about, I, I used to wear uh, the Brooks Pure Flow and then I used to wear the Sacconi Kambara and then they both completely changed them. So the Kambara is more of a training shoe. Like I would like really light wear shoes. So now I wear Nike Pegasus. Uh, for road running it's not ideal but it's the best that I've found so far Um, I don't really like a lot of cushioning and stuff like that so I do prefer a lightweight trainer Um, and I wear the Scott Supertech for the trail that's where we were going I I actually got a prototype pair of the Scott Supertech like years ago and I think I'm now on my 6th or 7th pair of them so I've done like I did the tour, I did UTMB, Bob Graham rounds, um, all these races I did in the Scott Super Tracks. I did the spine in them as well. I just loved them. Like I used to always have problems with my feet, um, like blisters and toenails popping off, and you know, like Tour de Gion, I wore the same pair of shoes the whole way around and never had a single problem. The spine didn't have a single problem. I just um, huge fan. Races. I, I own a Mackay and Joe Murphy were on that week. Yeah, and I listened uh, to it. Yeah. about them as well, and it's um, yeah, I think I'll have to give give them a pop. They are, yeah, they are my trail shoes, but like for anything a bit more technical or like mountain running, I say mountain running, I'm <laughs> walking. <laughs> um, yeah, mountain sky running, sky running, I definitely mean sky running. 
Um, so things like I did the Aaron Sky Race a couple, a couple of years ago, and the uh, the VJ Sport Extreme are yeah. they are amazing shoes for rock. Absolutely, it's they're Scandinavian company. Uh, sure. no, I, I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. Is it Finland they're from? I could be making that up. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I, that's how I just went Scandinavia because I wasn't quite sure, but I'm pretty yeah, sure. That, I'm yeah, I'm sure that it's Finn. Yeah, oh, yeah. There we go, John. You've just indulged us in a wee bit of um, trainer talk. John just gets the ends that are the cheapest colourway. People, people will notice that I've dropped off the conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, I just go for. Cheap running shoes into any search engine, doesn't matter what one it is, and I just go for that because but I do I must admit, Stephen linked me up to I did the West Highland Way now, a pair of innovate something. You catch Stephen Ken's all the names or the numbers and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So Stephen Yeah, says, I'm a bit of a shoe here as well. I've got so, yeah, I love them. So Stephen says these are the shoes that you need, they're the shoes you want for the West Highland Way. I thought I need a bother because they were in the sale. Yearly <laughs> label, right? Heaven for me. So I batters in, get some. And it turns out that the shoes that they were advertising weren't the shoes that they were sending you, right? So I think Stephen probably sent them back and got a pair free, something like that, and up with two pairs. But I was like, ah, brilliant, they'll do me. Had them for about three months, wore them three or four times, and Stephen seen them and went, no, no, that's not them. <laughs> that's not what I meant. But you know what? They got me from Mulgay to Fort William. And, no, uh, they were the X-Claws 275s. X something like that. Oh, right, okay. Something like that. I've still got them. <laughs> still mine's, got them. Are, mine's are sitting at the front door collection. <laughs> Aye, so, no. But I know Stephen, no, likes, Stephen, Stephen knows shoes. It's like one of his... Passions. I know, I know so, yeah. I've been using the Nike um, trail ones, the Nike trail Pegasus, and also the the, the Terra Kigers as well. For I've for... got a pair of the Terra Kigers because they were nice colours. Um, and uh, I'm not really sure what purpose they serve. They just seem a bit kind of nondescript. Like I, I went, I went up Arakur with them once, and they're just utterly rubbish on rock. And anything wet. So I was going, like, well, that rules out the pretty much the whole of the UK. I think they're um I think they're probably good for like compressed dry trails. I think that's probably what they're good for. Good for landing. Um, yeah, sometimes I wear them if I'm running from the house up the Copatrix and there's a lot of roads because it's kinda you don't want to go on trail shoes on the roads and you no. can just No. But um yeah. I find that the Pegasus trails a really nice hybrid shoe for for when there's you know, maybe mm. got light trails, but there's a bit of road, but the the sole on them wears down hell of a quick. So, yeah, do you know I was actually and um, when I bought my Pegasus, I was in Achilles Heel, which is a very reputable running shop in Glasgow, yeah. uh, and I was in actually with Cairn getting him new trainers, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to try these on while I'm here, and I was just, uh -huh. you know, you can't. You know, you can buy all your shoes online if you like, but you just can't beat that trying them on in shop and getting a feel for them. And I was yeah. just like, I'm so, I just, I bought them on a whim when I was in there because I just tried them on and now I'm like, I love them. And, uh, you know, I think I'm a good five, six hundred miles on them and they still look brilliant. You yeah. know, it's, yeah, I'm really impressed with them. I get to about 400 and I just, yeah, usually I'm the same. Aye. Which usually for the I'm number the of miles that you do a year, yeah. that's, that's, that's a, a fair. 
hefty. Yeah, no, I'm quite impressed with them. So yeah, Brilliant. I mean, I just I use them for easy ones. I prefer things like. Uh, and we're going off in trainers here. John oh, no. slowly slipped in a coma. Nice. Um, I like uh, the suckany fast twist when I'm doing this speed sessions. So yeah. So I have yeah. different shoes for different days of the week and different outfits and different Brilliant. Feathers. Uh, are... I'm just sitting here. Can I wait for Graham Conley's review of that wee section there? When you're what we you say? You're talking about shoes. John, Graham would be straight in there. Oh, we did see you guys well, right? Well, okay. you know how Graham was doing the spine. Obviously, Graham and I had many conversations about spine kit. Yeah, I think every time he had a chat with me, he spent another four hundred pound or something. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but yeah, no, he's he's quite he's quite a kit guy. Yeah. Right. Well, I think I think you have to be you know, taking on an event like the spine. I think you have to be. Oh yeah, 100%. investing in decent kit. I mentioned to you earlier, Debbie, that. Um, I'd listened to the December episode and there's a couple of things struck me in that episode. Um, one of them was you mentioned you you bought a £400 sleeping bag, but you love it, but you're never going to use it because it just looks lovely. I um, know. And the other, but the other thing, the thing that struck me the other morning when I was listening to this, I was out, I was out running in my £57 running shoes, um, <laughs> the, that it was you, at that time, Storm Brendan was coming in, yeah, or during your the, your spine adventure, Storm Brendan was there. And you said something that really resonated with me, and it was that this storm will pass, right? And I just, at the time I was listening to it, I thought that's really, really powerful because any, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, no matter how shit it feels, it is going to pass, right? You were talking about an actual storm with a name is how you described it didn't want to go through a storm with a name but i think too i was maybe getting a bit um thinking about where we are with covid and the pandemic and this this too will pass eventually you know and you've you've said as well tonight speaking about peaks and troughs and doing 100 mile stuff everything's going to pass but it's how you deal with the situation that you're in you know? Yeah, absolutely. If you put yourself on the line and you put yourself out there to do something that's, you know, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, then yeah, you're going to have peaks and troughs. Otherwise, it's, you know, it's 100 miles or it's a spine race. It's not cocktails on the beach. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. I so, just thought, I thought it was very powerful. Another wee thing you've said tonight is, and it might have shocked a few folk, we've not spoke about it a lot. You do lose toenails at times if you're running. You know that. Oh happen. yeah. Do you, you know, know my toenails have been good the last couple of years? But um, oh yeah, mine used to pop like a tube of Pringles. But you know, <laughs> it's kind of that's the best. Well, not I would. I don't want to say the best thing about 2020 was coming out of summer with a full set of toenails. I mean, that was yeah, it's amazing. Was... Usually, I get to about June and I've got to hide my feet. Yeah. <laughs> Can I ask as well? Did you do any virtual stuff last year? Did we speak? I about... did. Yeah, I did quite a few things actually. Uh, what did I do? I did a lot of the Centurion ones. Um, I did the Lakeland one. I did the Spine. Um, what else have I done? Uh, I did quite a few, not races as such, but um, I'm coached by Paul Giblin and uh, he set up a few like time trial type events and things like that. So, 
he had us running in teams for an hour and you know like a time trial 5k or a 10k or running and it was just it was just nice it just had something to keep you focused um I think some of the virtual things like run 100 miles in a week it's kind of I don't know I just felt a bit of a fraud because I was only signing up to get a medal (laughs) but things like the time trials it kept me really honest um Mm -hmm. so that so they were good so yeah I did I mean so the race organizers you know having to shift their whole business and organize some of these virtual things that um you know people have just been so appreciative of it um it's giving people it's just, a purpose, isn't it? And a focus. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and people do need that. And it just brings people together again. You know, they're actually doing things together but apart. I know that's been used, thrown about quite a lot these days. But it does, it makes them feel like they're part of something when, you know, they're out running by themselves. Or, um, So, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I mean, I know a lot of people were, like, dead against it at the start. And do you know what? If you'd said to me in 2019, do you ever think you'd do a virtual race? <laughs> like, no chance. But you know things change, and um, I was always kind of like, "Why would you do a virtual race? You're just buying a medal. What's the point in that?" But obviously, when you're put in a situation where I wouldn't say it's the only alternative, it's just the it's what you need in that situation. Then you know that's great. Yeah, yeah. Can I just ask, Debbie? You said that you were um, trained by Paul Giblin. Are you taking Mm -hmm. part in his um, exposure? Yeah, I actually need to look into that. I think there's, um, I think it's all uh, at set times, mm-hmm. which is not really going to help my situation unless someone wants to come around and babysit. Because I think Marco's quite keen to do it. He hasn't done any of the virtual stuff, and I think he's okay. quite keen to do this His one. Turn. So, um, His turn. Yeah, I'll let him go with it. Exclusive, uh, sure. um, exclusive news for you that John has signed up for Exposure. <laughs> Really? Yeah, twelve hours. Twelve hours. Yeah. But, um, Are you? That's exciting. When is it? Is it the end of April? End of April. Last Saturday in April. I've got it. Yeah. My calendar. I'm actually <laughs> doing the. Uh, I'm doing the Centurion Slam one just now, which is all the Centurion races. So they do four four hundreds and four fifty races. So the accumulation of that is six hundred miles. So we're doing that in two months. So uh, I'm just focusing on doing that one just now, and then. We'll see where the road takes us. Do you have any idea how many miles you've ran since you started running? In my life? No. I wish I knew. I average just now between three and three and a half thousand a year. I have done for for no, it's not like that's a goal or anything. I think Uh it's just I have a kind of almost like a baseline um weekly miles and then you know when you take in racing and training and sorry tapering and uh recovery it just always seems to work out around about three three and a half thousand miles but i think that's probably where i've been for say the last 10 years maybe and then the 10 years before that who knows who knows around about the fifty thousand mile mark or something yeah Yeah, i think that would be a fair Fair estimation. How far away is the moon? I'm going to see if Debbie's been there. Debbie's been there. She'd be there. She's on her way back. (laughs) See, now you mentioned as well about people running on their own, and that's another subject that I think has come to the fore recently, specifically ladies running on their own, women running on their own. There's been a couple of incidents recently about, um, there was a lady in Birmingham got attacked 
And then there's bit that I noticed. Do you still run for Garscube? Yes. Yeah. Garscube did a tweet, I think it was last week, about so there was some people, some women and girls had been getting abuse, shouting when they were running as well. Um, that's obviously unacceptable at any level, and I would encourage anybody that happens to to report it. But is that something that you want to speak about? Have you got any thoughts on it? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not easily intimidated. That will probably come as no shock to you. Um, and I don't, um, you know, I live in the centre of Glasgow and I run through some pretty dodgy places. Um, I've never really had that much bother. I, I mean, you get the shouting out of vans and stuff like that. It uh -huh. doesn't, I'm not, it doesn't actually really bother me that much. Um, but I've never felt, there's only one time I ever remember being out on the canal and there was a group of guys that were all drinking like teenage girls and I when I went by them I felt mildly threatened so like I didn't come back that way and that's mm -hmm. the only time I ever remember feeling intimidated or I was putting myself in danger um there's, there's times like in the went like in the summer on the spring I tend to run and early in the morning before work which I always do um but you know, I run on the canal when it's in the spring and the summer and then do a loop back around to the house. Whereas in the winter, I'm, I was like, well, I'm not going to go out with a head torch out there because that's just silly. You know, stay to street lights and things because there was no point for me going out there on the canal. So um, I do try to make almost sensible choices, but I don't ever feel intimidated you know people will say like to marco do you let her run in the canal and stuff like that he's <laughs> like have you met her <laughs> can you imagine me saying i don't think you should go there because it's not safe um i always find like if i feel intimidated like if i'm approaching a group of there's people drinking in the canals every canal has people drinking on them so if i'm approaching someone or a group and i'm by myself I tend to just engage with them. So if I'm coming up and I'll be like, all right, lads, how you doing? Give us a drink of that or something. And it almost like drops all barriers because mm -hmm. it's kind of like I've broken that, like it's me against you. And I always find that as soon as I engage with them in any kind of, even if I just smile at them or say hello or something, it's almost like there's no intimidation. Um, so yeah. I try to do that. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to put myself in a position where um, I do feel threatened, um, but I don't tend to shy away from things like that. Like, I don't feel afraid being out by myself. I, you know, obviously, with the spine training, I had to do a lot of hill training in the dark by myself. And I know a lot of people will think, oh, my God, she's so brave doing that. And I'm not brave because I don't feel comfortable doing it. But... Um, I know that it's going to be an important part of the race, so it's one of those things that I have to just get over. But um, mm -hmm. in terms of like feeling threatened by other people, it's, there's not that many times where I felt intimidated, but that is because I'm not easily intimidated. I'm quite gallus, so mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so I, I I don't I don't make special like I just run anywhere in Glasgow, and I run through some really dodgy places, but. Again, if you're friendly to people, they're friendly back to you. That's what I yeah. always think. So, um, but yeah, I've had my fair share of comments, and but it doesn't, um, 
it, it doesn't really bother me. But I've never had anyone being violent or physically aggressive okay. to me. And uh, I think that would kind of shake me, but probably not for long. Um, yeah. I love, I love the use of a good Scottish word there as well, gallus. That's a word that isn't used enough, is it? Gallus is a brilliant word. But I do th thank you very much for for sharing that, and I do I do think that you've obviously got a way of that. It's almost breaking the ice or going like, all right, and just keep yeah, going. Yeah, I do. You know? And then people are like, all right, you tuned for the Olympics or something like that, or some yeah. smart ass comment and stuff. But that's fine. I just find that. I would rather kind of break that barrier and almost let people know that you're not intimidated um, right. rather than feeling vulnerable. I think yeah. if people feel vulnerable and come across as vulnerable, I'm not suggesting this is an approach that anyone takes or giving anyone advice. I'm just saying for me personally, if I was to approach it and shy away from it or feel vulnerable, it's almost like giving them a free ticket. Right. Um, I get that. I get that. Yeah. So, I mean, I find that as a woman, I, I get, I'm fine. Whereas men, I think it's so much more, especially from young guys or stuff. Marco's always saying he just gets like, you know, people shouting at him or saying something or mocking him. And I think it's <laughs> guys doing it. Whereas Marco can just drop a couple of five minute miles and he'd be fine. <laughs> um, uh, that's funny you should say that. I, I got him. Um egged and flowered out and run once by a group of youths in the car. <laughs> but, um, I remember I was running with Gavin Bussey in the city centre and like we stopped at traffic lights and this wee Ned came up and started mocking Gavin for his capris, <laughs> which was justified to be fair. <laughs> because they are ridiculous. But this wee Ned was just like right in his face like and I was like, he must know him because it was just he was so and I, and I was just like, I just couldn't believe it. And I just thought, I think guys get way more abuse and threatening behaviour than women do. That's my give, personal opinion. I must give you a laugh as well. Stephen will get this. We're walking. I was running. I thought I was doing great form, doing the Creef Road one day. Going down past what used to be Simpson Park at the Creef Road, doing the wars where he meets the Dunkeld Road. I'm, for me... Horsing it down there, feeling really good. Group of young guys on the other side of the road, and one of them shouts, You're running into the chippy, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it was followed by other uh, comments. But I just thought, Oh, fair play to you. I thought I was doing great guns. Did you just say, Yeah, to spare your ego? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't breathe, I was going that fast. Anyway. To get the yellow labels because he knows the time that they stick the yellow yeah. labels. It's the King of Cleveland Chippy opening times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you remember that? In? Ah, brilliant. brilliant. John's so dropping, dropping sub sixes like sweeties. <laughs> you know, that King of Cleveland Chippy comes up time and time again. The amount of podcasts we've I hope they listen to this and take note. This is important customer feedback. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> now, is there? This is a. I know you've had a. There's. You've been in the game a long time, running game day. I haven't actually been on the game. We need no. to. <laughs> in, in the game, in the game, a long oh, time. Yeah. As it was coming out my mouth, I thought, my God. <laughs> right, but what has been your best learning experience that you've had? If you could pick 
one or two things? What's been your best learning, the bit of advice you've been given? Um, I would always say start a race um, based on your abilities or start a race with the distance in mind. So people genuinely, generally start races too fast. Whereas um, the things that I have learned is just pacing and putting your ego aside and you know, you know, your competition is yourself when you're doing uh, ultra distance races because you can't run someone else's race. Brilliant. And I, I tell you, from somebody of your calibre, that is... Oh, stop it. No, seriously, seriously. You had regardless... me at hello. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless of where you are in your running journey, that is so important run it's for you it's not for anybody else you know so thank you very much for that thank you Stephen have you another question I'm holding back with the UTMB and Tor de Gions till we get her back again yeah the only th other thing I want to touch on is obviously 2021 has already been disrupted for you because last time we spoke you were in um, potential final preparations for the spine um, How's your 2021 panning out now in terms of your, your race focuses? Um, it's all just a bit up in the air, but, you know, I'm not alone in that. Everyone's feeling the same. I was supposed to be doing a track marathon, which thankfully has been cancelled for the second time. <laughs> yes. Um, gutted. Gutted. And um, so, yeah, I've got this one mile race and then the Lakeland 100. Um, and then we'll see what happens. Obviously, I don't really want to plan anything. I'm quite, um, I'd quite like to just get back out in some hills, you know, like I'm working my way through my Wainwrights and my Monroes, which has obviously been put on hold. Um, so, yeah, I'd quite like to uh, just get out in some hills and do some uh, some Monroe bagging. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I've not got big plans. So the late the 100, I think, obviously, with the announcement in the last week or so it looks like that might go ahead so at least it's you know there's positive steps that it will go ahead so um yeah i'll need to stop uh, pissing about in glasgow city center taking pictures of street art and uh get my ass up some hills <laughs> i was going like oh my goodness um we are keenly awaiting the announcement to say that we can go and visit the Monroe's and the hills that, that we yeah want. do you know oh, what I think, yeah. um getting the skills back is obviously a priority for me because I think that's the most important thing but yeah just being able to travel out with your local I mean I'm lucky I've got help we I guess we're all lucky we've got something but um yeah I'm kind of I just would like I'd like to just meet up with other people because obviously now that the two people that I run the most with are in different counties and we're trying to meet on the line. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it would, be, it would be nice to meet up with other people and just go for a run somewhere else. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to just being able to go somewhere. That would yeah. be... Uh, yeah, here, here. Hopefully yeah. That I've got to say, I never said this, I did the, the virtual Lakeland run to Lapland. I went around to see Santa. Oh, I did that too. Yeah, that was really good. That was really I good. didn't yeah. do that because I thought it was just like you were just buying a medal. So I didn't bother with that. 
Do you really wear it just by the way? I mean, I'm not going to flower it up. I mean, you can uh, gloss over it any way you like. But really Plus, they made a massive charitable donation, as they do exactly. for, for everything. And it was just fantastic. I, I, I the, love it. The medal's actually a mirror. It's actually a, a mirror. It's brilliant. I look, I look at it every night when I go up the stairs. And I've got, I bought the buff because it's got a rainbow on it, and I like rainbows. Oh, we're all about rainbows. We are all about rainbows. Right, definitely. Yeah. I said, you know what? I actually only signed up for the race because I saw the buff had rainbows on it. That <laughs> is an actual <laughs> true story. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Right, Stephen, <laughs> Debbie's local dialect word, lead us okay. in. Oh, yeah. shite. Oh, that's that. That's that. We've had shite a few times. Um, yeah, no, so. Local dialect word, Debbie. You were um, post this on your pre-show email um, that you. Oh yeah, I didn't you, you read thoroughly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we often look for a, a, a an unusual word, maybe from where you're from. Well, um, yeah, obviously my roots are a bit skewed, so yeah. I heard a word that is kind of I've only ever heard people from North Ayrshire saying it, and it's chanking. Ooh. Have you heard that word before? No. Not until tonight. It actually means cold. So, like, if you're shivering and you're like, oh, I'm pure chanking. Pure chanking. Like, Go and spell it. Is it C-H-A-N-K-I-N-G? Chanking. Or is, yeah. it, has it got a G? Chanking. Is it like thanking with a C? <laughs> it's like, whoa. <laughs> I know, Debbie. <laughs> yeah, chanking. We've got it. That was not a trick question. <laughs> I know. Chanking. It's John. I think it's going in. It's hundred percent. It's in there. Did you? Now I don't know if you heard last week's debut. We had Alan Cormack on last week, and his word was bozy. 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 It's a cuddle. More than for a bozy. Absolutely brilliant. So, see if you're chanking. Well, I'm for a bozy. Exactly. Oh, he is pure chanking. He's a wee bozy. I mean, there you go. You can put it into a sentence. Yeah, and our ultimate aim, our ultimate aim is to take all these vocabulary words, these local dialects, and make it into a big sentence. And then when we get get that done, we're finished. That's it. Mic drop. Episode 52, season (laughs) 28. We'll finish up with Debbie, your final appearance. That'll be it. Yeah, when, that? She made it, when she's made it to a lifetime mileage to the moon, 238,000 miles away. There you go. Virtual run to the moon, Debbie, in. No. <laughs> We've got a rainbow on. <laughs> we got a rainbow buff, I'm in. Yeah. We'll make it a rainbow buff available, especially. Definitely. I don't know, Steve, did John tell you how excited I was to listen to Graham Conley's uh, podcast when I was doing my reps of Gardner Street? Did hear that particular story, yes. Is Gardner Street, is that your go-to sort of hill rep street? Well, Gardner Street is like Mount Partick, we call it. So in Partick, there's a a street that's kind of like one of those ones you don't want to drive up in case you stall. Right, (laughs) okay. yeah, I was. I got along there, and I was thinking I really couldn't be bothered to do it. I had forty-five minutes of hill rep to do. I thought I'll listen to Graham's interview because that will cheer me up. Because I love Graham's chat; he's brilliant, right? 
So I was like 10 minutes in, and I'm like, right, they're still, co- they're still talking about coffees and pies. They're still, why are they still talking about fucking pies? And then 45 minutes later, and I was like, this is the longest lead into any interview ever. And then when I got finished my rep session, I realized that I'd just listened to a whole podcast I used to be talking. That <laughs> <laughs> was just one of the John and I catcher. <laughs> Brilliant. So I did run up there for 45 minutes listening to John's pie chat, which was amazing. I'm not going to lie. You're, you're, you got some you good banter. But... You sent me that wee snip. I let my wife hear it, right? And my wife goes, I get that. <laughs> When I finished my rep session, I was doing my cool down and I started listening to to Graham's interview, which was brilliant. He's got Ah, some good stuff. He was a star, absolute star. Everybody has been. Yeah, they've been great. They've been great. He's quite competitive, Debbie. Uh Um, And he was quite keen to know how many listens that his episode had got. Really? So I've been giving, I've been giving an update, and every now and again he'll give his episode a wee plug on his Instagram to try and get. An... Oh, you'll pay for that, Stevie he boy. Yes, shameless. Wait till I just put a WhatsApp him now. Oh, but just in a joking sense, of course. <laughs> Have you got to like uh, inflate the listening numbers just as so you don't uh, attack I... people? Yeah, well. did, I, did I get more lessons than Graham? Uh, Graham, turn your ears away now. <laughs> you have to say yes because I'm here. I'll never live it down. I don't really care if I do, but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just say it. Yes. That's yes. yes. well, think... all you need to know, Graham. And I go, but just going back a wee bit, we got some great feedback for years, and I think it's because of the... Talking about the spine race, it was brilliant. It's a, lot of thing, it's a thing that not a lot of people have done so to be able to listen in and hear you talking about that and equally the marathon i think we hit that just right because it was in december it was mm-hmm. live at the time and to hear about the origins of it um i loved it when you said some people thought marco had passed on and this is the memory of him it was brilliant one Absolutely. day it may be so we better not uh, joke about that not this time it's not that i'm suggesting i'm going to kill him i'll just throw that up right now there's that insurance sure, policy i'm sure people will enjoy listening to this one as much we've covered a lot more ground a lot more subjects in here um so i'd just like to say thank you very much for your time you know what thank it you so like, much it feels like 15 20 minutes it I seriously know. does I know um, it does. but it's been brilliant so <laughs> thank for you. the poor listeners <laughs> Ah, nah, they'll love it. They'll love they, it. They'll, they'll have done their hill reps and are still waiting on that. Actually. Exactly. They've done like uh, an hour and a half in Gardner Street. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been it's been great fun again. Thank, Thank you so much. It was really nice to catch up with you both. You're doing a great job with the podcast. I love it. Awesome. I'm going to call it a spit and sawdust type podcast, which I kind of like. <laughs> that'll, do, that'll do us. It's almost like a, an audio fanzine rather than a podcast. It's good, it's great, I love it. That could be our hashtag on our T-shirts. It's good though, I like that, because you know when you just want to just have some chilled listening and a couple of laughs? Aye. Good, I like that, I like that. That's what I wanted with Graham, but I got pies and coffees. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, for the listeners that are going, what's the crack here? Debbie, thank you very much. 
it's all been awesome to speak with you. So thank you. Thank yeah. you, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks. No worries. And good luck with your Centurion Slam, Debbie. Thanks very Thanks. much. Thanks. Yeah, go for it. Give it belting. Bye just now, folks. <laughs>